0: What's up, everyone? Welcome in to another episode of Locked On Bucks, and we have officially reached opening week. The preseason is well and truly in the rear vision mirror, and now we've got some real basketball coming up. But it's not without questions for the Milwaukee Bucks, because there are multiple injuries, including new injuries that we need to discuss on this podcast today. A number of key players won't be in Philadelphia for opening night, which means who is going to play? That's what we need to ask today. We're going to work our way... Right throughout that as the Bucks look to start their season in reasonable fashion. Let's get started. Backs him down.
1: Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning.
0: And hear me on this show Monday to Friday, and also find my work over at DSPN alongside me from the Bucks Radio Network, Justin Garcia. Uh, Just a couple days away until you can hear Justin on the radio pre game, post game. I don't know, I haven't confirmed that with you, Justin, but I assume that's the case. So uh, we're all looking forward to that, including me over here in Australia. But also, we thank you for making Locked On Bucks your first listen or first watch of every day as well. And it's been an interesting weekend for the Milwaukee Bucks. There's been roster cuts, which always happens at this time of year. There's been a little bit more information about injuries. And I say a little bit more information about injuries, but uh, we've discussed this a little bit. Uh, the Bucks surprisingly not playing on the first two nights of the NBA season. It's thrown me off as we record this. The NBA will be well and truly underway in under 24 hours, but... Uh, the Bucks not playing until Thursday night in Philadelphia and there won't be Chris Middleton. We knew that there also won't be Pat Connaughton, which we may be assumed. We're not a hundred percent sure if there's going to be Wesley Matthews. So um, certainly when it comes to Chris and Pat, uh, this is a significant chunk of your wing rotation. And quite honestly, Two guys that have largely been penciled into a closing lineup as well. So this is certainly significant, particularly against a team like the Philadelphia 76ers.
1: Yeah, I uh, spent a good chunk of the radio show tonight talking about, you know, who does this benefit the most and who's going to grab majority of those minutes early in the season. Um, It's been interesting to kind of examine the preseason because uh, you and I talked about this coming into the season There was a large contingency of, I don't know if I'd call them Marjan Bochamp truthers, but a large swath of Bucks fans that really, really wanted Marjan Bochamp to uh, really grab a stranglehold on the rotation. And I saw some suggesting he starts or would be uh, factoring in heavily into rotational minutes. But, you know, when you look at the early portion, it it really seems like it comes down to Marjan Bochamp and Jordan Wara. And and both of those guys just spoke uh, at practice today. And it was interesting that they both kind of said the same stuff, that Marjan was talking about uh, something we've heard a lot of young players in this system talk about, of um, being told to be more aggressive by the coaching staff and by Drew Holiday and Giannis. And um, that's kind of something that he's having to deal with. And I think we saw that. For portions of the preseason, certainly were early on. I know Frank talked about this. I would say looked lost, but he just didn't seem that aggressive and really looking to create things. And as the season or preseason progressed, a little bit of changes there. But for Jordan Wara, it was you know really interesting to hear him kind of come clean with everything that we as fans had been discussing, and that he has been putting in work on defense. He knows that's where he's going to have to really stand out to to keep those minutes. And I thought it was funny that Jordan Wara used the terminology of chucker. And I'm not just going out there to chuck up shots and try to score that I have to kind of be involved in uh, other ways here to to keep these minutes. But the same thing we heard him say last year, about midpoint of the season of, you know, I, I know this is a success if I'm continuing to get those minutes as this team is healthy. And we didn't see that as the case last year. This year remains to be seen.
0: Yeah, very similar storyline, it feels like, for Jordan Wara entering this season. Last year, again, I think that the opportunities were were challenging because they were sporadic. Uh, I think uh, he had a short leash, so it was uh, difficult for him. But it does feel very similar. Mahjong Bochamp uh, might be coming from a little further back, being a rookie. Maybe he's uh, less prepared for what is about to come. But it feels like those guys might be in a battle. We've discussed this. Mike Budenholzer spoke about this. You can go to athletic.com and read our good friend Eric Name's story. But this was Mike Budenholzer. He said, We're going to play some of the point guards together, but Jordan and Mahjong have both had opportunities. I think they've shown some positives. So I think one or both of those guys will get an opportunity. Hopefully, we get West back into the mix. So West back into the mix, the two-point guards, and then a Jordan or Marjan will fill those kind of minutes. So I'm just guessing here, but I do think that it seems like Jordan Warren is going to get the first opportunity. I don't – this is if Wesley Matthews plays, I guess, but I I don't think that the early minutes are going to go to Marjan Beauchamp, but of course uh, I could be wrong, but that's just reading uh, what we're hearing from uh, the coaching staff so far.
1: Yeah, I would I would agree with that. That um you know, I, I think and to the point you made too, the minutes were sporadic or the opportunities were sporadic for uh, Jordan last year and the year prior as well. So this is really, I'm not gonna say the the last chance, but this is really the best opportunity that Jordan Wara is going to get when you look at the makeup of the roster that when this team gets to full strength. I know he's embraced and said, yeah, hopefully I can continue to get those minutes when we're healthy, but it, it really is hard to find an opportunity for him to carve out those minutes. So this is the best shot that he's going to have to really start to stand out. And with Marjan, uh, I think Frank's talked about it. You've talked about it. I think all of us have mentioned, he's still very raw and you know, there is a lot to be intrigued by, but this is a team that's trying to win a championship and, guys picked in the 20s first round picks that don't have the pedigree in the case of Marjan that you would associate with lottery guys they don't typically find those rotational minutes this early so I think the luxury you have with Marjan Beauchamp is you don't necessarily need to get production from him assuming this team can stay healthy
0: this year and you can kind of take things slowly with it. All right. Uh, speaking of taking things slowly, sometimes when you're looking for a job, it's a slow process, but LinkedIn uh, can help you, Justin. I'm sure you're well aware of that. And these days, every new potential hire can feel like a high stakes wager for your small business. You want to be hundred percent certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn jobs helps find the right people for your team faster and for free. And then uh, you, all you have to do is add your job and the purple hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you are hiring. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. And I think this works for everyone. Any, I, I haven't had to have a job interview for quite a while. I'm living kind of a strange life, uh, as we all know, Justin. But uh, it's a stressful time when you go to have a job interview. And if you go into an interview and the people have used LinkedIn jobs, and you know it's going to be a streamlined process. It's going to be easy. It's going to be simple. And uh, and hopefully you get the job. But LinkedIn jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on MBA. That's linkedin.com slash locked on NBA to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply there. Uh, Thanks for making Locked On Bucks your first listen today. Now make your second listen game to game. Every moment, every top performance, every result, Locked On Game to Game covers every game from across the NBA with local analysis that only Locked On can deliver. Follow Game to Game on Locked On NBA, available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. So you've seen me previously post-game do these little, you know, two-minute wraps uh, of the game. That's going to be the case, and it's a pretty handy way. Uh, to keep up with everything going on around the NBA. And that starts uh, tomorrow or probably today as you're listening to this podcast. So uh, check out uh, Game to Game. So Wesley Matthews, and I guess we've buried the lead here. We should say that uh, Pat Connaughton is going to miss a few weeks, let's say, uh, two to three weeks it appears with this calf injury that uh, you know, scans revealed was a little more sinister than they first thought. So Pat Conraden, a few weeks. Chris Milton, a few weeks with his wrist. And Wesley Matthews uh, participated in some five-on-five over the weekend. Uh, Bud, well, this is the quote from Bud, so you can read into this what you will, but he said, we're hopeful he's doing more and more. We're hopeful maybe he's cleared for everything on Monday, which is obviously today as we're recording this. I don't know if you have any more info there, uh, Justin. Uh, But at this point, just because of the limited preparation he's had, we know he didn't play in the preseason. I don't. I don't know whether he's going to play. I would probably lean towards saying no, just based on what we've seen. And they're generally being pretty conservative, particularly with their older players. Um, but I don't think that he's a guy that, regardless of his health status, you can absolutely pencil in for major minutes either way. But it's just another uh, roadblock or speed bump, whatever you want to call it, for this team. And of course, Joe Ingalls not playing as well. So just a lot of veteran bodies. In those sort of wing positions, particularly defensively, that you can lean on for reliable and consistent minutes, which is typically what Mike Budenholzer lacks from his teams.
1: Yeah, um, and with Wesley Matthews, it's it's I would kind of lump him in with George Hill in that. With Wes, more so, his importance is entirely in the postseason and not so much regular season. But as we've touched on, the depth that this team has when you get to full strength you theoretically could just take it easy with those two guys, especially, and and say you're not going to play them back-to-backs or we're going to give you a day off every three or four games. Obviously, it's a little bit challenging now with the injury situation, especially in the backcourt and on the wing that they have there. Um, But for what you pointed out of we haven't seen Wes at all in the preseason, his age, the fact that he is right now somebody that, you would need in the postseason for the defensive purposes. I'm almost not expecting him to play on Thursday. If he does play, you would have to assume it's going to be very, very limited minutes that he's playing. And I think the big question that prompts is what's the starting lineup on Thursday. I know we're examining game (laughs) one of 82, but I mean, is Jordan Wara in the starting lineup against the 76ers?
0: Well, it's interesting because if you look at so who's Philadelphia starting? I probably should have had a closer look at this, but <laughs> uh, I'm guessing Harden obviously, and does Maxi start alongside him? Yeah, I, I would guess it's
1: Harden, Maxi, Tobias Harris, PJ Tucker, and Joel Embiid. So the problem
0: is if if you go small. So we did see that Javon Carter started in one of the late preseason games. I'm assuming Grayson Allen. Is going to be playing. So I, I would think that generally the bucks tend to slide big rather than small. And I think if you do have Tobias Harris and then obviously PJ Tucker's probably the four and then Joel Embiid, it's it's a pretty big three, four, five. I don't know whether they would want to go with Drew, Javon, uh, Grayson Allen defensively, yeah. even though we know Javon Carter can clearly defend and, that's, that's not a problem. But just size-wise, I'm not sure whether that's the way they want to go. I'm also not convinced that they probably want to start Jordan Warra either. But it's an interesting question. Do you, I Because we did the, the idea of playing Javon Carter and George Hill together. We saw that quite a bit in preseason. Now, we know there was guys in and out of the lineup. From Bud's comments across the weekend after the scrimmage, it seems to me, and I don't want to get ahead of ourselves and everyone in the YouTube comments will... Deny that this is the case, but it seems to me like Javon Carter is ahead of George Hill just at the moment in terms of preference of guys uh, that Bud wants to play. Now they're both going to play. I'm just preparing everyone to just you know batten down the hatches. We're going to get some George Hill minutes, but I think that Javon Carter is ahead of him just for the moment. Bud certainly spoke glowingly of him at the weekend, but yeah, you know, I don't know whether they're going to go that small. That's
1: um, that's kind of where I'm at and why I, I asked is just Jordan Warren end up starting here yeah, yeah. in game one, just because of the size that Philadelphia would have there. Um, but I mean, the only other option, I, I guess, if you went big is I think we're going to see quite a bit of the two point guard lineup, especially in the interim here. Um, as you're kind of navigating without Chris and without Pat Connaughton. And even when this team's healthy, we're going to see a decent amount of either uh, Javon playing with Drew or George playing with Drew or Javon and George. Um, but, you know, we're also – I don't know that it's here. You would think we're going to see more of the Jumbo lineups too that they did a little bit against Boston early in the series and a couple of times in the regular season – but I guess you could theoretically insert Sandru Mamu I'm not saying Thursday starting, but in those larger lineups with a front line of, you know, Giannis and Bobby and, and Mamu or Brooke and Bobby and Mamu. So this roster and the way it's constructed when healthy, they have a little more versatility than I think we've seen in years past, all the way up until the championship year. Uh, but it just feels like it's going to be until January that you really reach that, that point of versatility.
0: Is it Mamu season? Now, I just tweeted something out. Uh, there is significant support for Sandro Mamou Kalashvili. Uh, would he start uh, if they go big, as you suggest? I'm not 100% sure. Uh, we saw some ultra-big lineups in the preseason, which is kind of what you're alluding to there, but I just think it's a really interesting mix. I also do think if you think about Philadelphia offensively, clearly Joel Embiid is just the monstrous matchup. Brooke Lopez is clearly going to be pretty important there. Yeah. PJ Tucker isn't a huge factor offensively, which I does think, which I do think allows you to do some different things potentially on the defensive end and not have to have huge concern with him outside of uh, standing in the corner and uh, going old Grant Williams and hitting ten open threes, but yeah, I, I am curious to see how Philadelphia looks offensively. But I don't know if this is the right answer for this podcast. I don't know if people want to hear it, but I got no bloody idea what they're going to do with the starting lineup. Now I think about it.
1: No, I um, I don't either. I mean, I would if you forced me to make a pick right now. I guess I would say Jordan Wara just because of, you know, everything we just went over. And when you look at, well, what are are other options are there? You either go small or you go really big. And I just don't know that either of those two is ideal. So if I had to choose, I guess I would say Jordan Wara starts on uh, Thursday. And that's again, part of the, okay, here's your chance. Show that you belong here. Um, but it's just – I think it really hammered it home too when you look at the depth chart and we knew about the issues yeah. with, with Chris and then the Pat Connaughton news was certainly suboptimal. But when it really sets in and you look at it on paper and you think, oh, man, like there is nothing on the wing for the time
0: being. Yeah, and, and be, even our – I think. And that's – I, I should
1: say, and that's assuming – which I think we both are. That's assuming – Wes Matthews doesn't play Thursday. At the very least, he's going to play very, very limited minutes. I would think.
0: Yeah, well, you know, even last year during the regular season, he only played twenty. You know, it yeah. was it was a pretty low number. Even though in the postseason that bumped up closer to thirty, uh, and now that I've said that Javon Carter is ahead in the pecking order, you can go ahead and expect George Hill will start for a little bit of added size. Potentially, Hill, Holiday, Allen. Honestly, now that I think about it, I wouldn't be hugely surprised. But we'll see uh, what happens there. Uh, they did cut down the roster. We should uh, acknowledge that over the weekend. Uh, Lindell Wiginton and uh, no longer with the team. Luca Vildoza was a few days before that. Uh, Marquise, I think that's what we decided. Yeah. Uh, Marquise Bolden, uh, he's obviously gone as well. So uh, so far, it looks like heading into the season, they're going to run with obviously Mamu. We knew he was going to be there. One two-way spot and AJ Green. Uh, the second two-way spot, as we have discussed, a little surprising, but uh, I guess that's the way they're rolling with that one. But pretty uneventful uh, battle for roster positions it felt felt like this year for the bucks.
1: yeah, I was um I was a little surprised that that a j Green retained the second two-way spot. Um, just because, I mean, it's we're talking about the second two-way spot. So it's really, we've seen a handful of teams that have really been able to find guys that stick. So um, I guess it's limited resources that you're talking about there, but I just, I, I didn't really see a whole lot from him. And a guy like Lindell Wigginton, I think you have a better idea of what he is. And it, I almost thought at some point during the preseason that he had kind of shown enough or more that you would just, bring him back on that second two-way but we've also seen especially the last few years John Horst has not hesitated to overturn those two-way spots so uh, i i don't know that uh, similar to the who's going to be starting for the bucks on thursday if you ask me who are the two two-way guys throughout the season i don't know that i could tell you who the second one is i think we we all know mamu has a stranglehold on that spot but I don't know that I would expect AJ Green to be that second two-way guy
0: for the course of the season. Yorgos Kalaitzakis did not last too long early in the season last year. Well, so he, was, say... he
1: was he was on the actual roster,
0: right? Yeah, so they so they you know obviously as you pointed to haven't been shy about making moves. Uh, the only thing I can think of is you know obviously they've had a really long and solid look at Lindell Wigginton. So maybe it's just a known commodity and uh, they want to give AJ Green a bit more of an opportunity here, whether it's at the G League where we expect he would uh, would mostly play. But anyway, I don't think it's uh, changing anyone's lives. uh, Well, it's changing AJ Green's life, actually, we should say. So shout out to him and congratulations. And potentially Uh, Lindell's. That's right. Exactly right. Maybe he wants to come out to Australia and hang out with me. There's a few teams that could absolutely... Uh, use his services. So I I think as we look at the early part of the season here, and I think everyone is starting to wrap their head around the idea that maybe the Bucs get off to a slow start. Certainly, I think they're going to be up against it on opening night. Now, I'll watch the game. I'll be very hopeful that they play well, and they've still got Giannis, the best player in the world. They've still got Drew Holiday. There are still really, really good players that are going to be available. It just feels that the depth is going to be tested significantly early here in the season. But as I roll through the schedule, remember, we looked at this and said that, gee, the Bucs have got a pretty good first couple of weeks here. So if it was ever going to happen, were you are going to miss guys you would hope that you can still take advantage of what's to come here. And I know we're focused a lot on Philadelphia today and we'll continue to do that because opening night um, is obviously very exciting. But after they get through the Sixers, they've got six games at home, which includes the Houston Rockets are in there, the Knicks are there, and two games against the Pistons. And then they've got two games against the Oklahoma City Thunder in the following week. And then they've got the Spurs, uh, the game after that. So yeah, if you really look at it, and, and I understand we've always looked at the start of the season and the, the Bucs are going to you know, hopefully win all these games. Historically, they've kind of been a little bit sketchy in the first week, I think, over the last couple of seasons. But this really is a schedule that you would like to hope that they can still take advantage of, particularly with the majority of those games at home. Yeah, you
1: you have some interesting games. I mean, obviously, the, the opener at Philly and Brooklyn to me is uh, still the wild card of the East and and maybe the NBA where you could talk me into really anything from four to eight with that team. Um, But uh, you have six of your first 12 are against three teams that are either outwardly tanking, or you would project to be in the bottom five in the NBA. So it's, it's really in the immediate start to the season where uh, you, I don't want to say have to, but you really should take care of business. And that uh, that that final of those twelve is in San Antonio against the Spurs, and that would be right around the two to three week ish mark, where I would assume Pat Connaughton is either back or nearing a return, and who knows what uh, the status is of Chris Middleton if that's kind of a similar timeline uh or not so once you get through those 12 is when it really kind of starts to pick up where you got a couple of games with the Cavs the Hawks uh, kind of remains to be seen but you would assume they're a playoff team another road game against the Sixers and you got Luka and the the Mavs in there as well so uh, it it seems like there's a couple of pockets early in the season where you have some difficult matchups but as we've talked about before it's it's really the back end of the schedule where things kind of start to pick up once again. So you just, I think when you look at the Eastern Conference, you just really want to avoid what we started to see last year, where it wasn't just the Bucs. It was a handful of teams that you looked at the standings and you thought, why is this team there? Um, but I don't know that it's going to be as easy this year to climb out of a near 500 hole if you're like the sixth seed and all of a sudden you finish third in the in the conference because the Eastern Conference is better this year than it was a year ago. And we've said that for the last few years, but it's it's really one through 10 are, are competitive teams here. So it's going to be a little more challenging if you hit those rough spots or you run into some injury issues to kind of pull yourself out of there. And I know I'd mentioned it here before, but I think you really can't play with fire and be around where the Bucks were at around – what, close to all-star last year because it's much more challenging. And if you're flirting with that five or six spot, I don't know that you could guarantee finishing with home court advantage if that's kind of where you are going into February, given what your schedule is, the final month or so of the season, and just how much better the midpoint of the conference is.
0: It's going to be fascinating for sure. And yeah, I I think I'm kind of, May I do not I think I'm more excited I think I'm more excited than I have been in recent years because it does feel like there's more uncertainty now, of course, with that, there's the possibility it could go the wrong way, particularly early in the season, but I do have so much faith in this team across the course of eighty two games and, and we've been there before, as I said, I remember we've had podcasts where you know the bucks are two and two to start the season and it's like, what's going on with the Milwaukee Bucks? are they going to figure it out so yeah, there's, it might be bumpy. Uh, on one hand, as you were just discussing uh, your points there, I thought to myself, well, on one hand, it's good that you you are missing these players at the start of the season in games that you think should be winnable on paper. But I guess the flip side of that is you don't want to waste those games right. with any losses because you're missing sort of key players. But uh, look, as I said, when you got the best player in the world on your roster uh, and another you know, all-star caliber player in Drew Holiday, Brooke Lopez is out there. And, and a number of other veteran guys. I mean, you should be able to take care of some of these teams that, uh, quite frankly, don't have a lot to play for before the season even starts, uh, this year. So that's going to be Thursday night for the bucks. We're going to have podcast the next two nights. We'll probably get a uh, deeper into the sixes. I'm sure I'll be able to drink, drag Frank on here <laughs> to give his thoughts about what could happen, uh, on opening night, but it's a lot of fun. I am fired up, uh, I don't know whether it was a long or short off season, but I'm certainly glad that uh, the preseason's done because I just I couldn't get myself up for that. But uh, I am here here for the real stuff to begin.
1: It was a long off season, Um and I I enjoyed the time off. But then it was also like around a month ago is when you started to reach the point of when when is the season going to start? Like when you're used to the calendar we had the last two years, it was just weird to have the full four or so months off, but uh, it's, it's finally here. And uh, I'm with you where it is. I I think you could say wide open that um, you look at the bucks, you look at the Celtics, you look at the Sixers, maybe lesser extent the Sixers, but all these teams would point to, Hey, if we're healthy, we have a chance to win it. And we have not seen this in, I don't know how long in the NBA, not just the Eastern conference, the West as well, that there is not one, Clear, prohibitive favorite. And even the last four years, we've had different teams in the conference finals in both the East and the West year after year. So for years, we've kind of clamored for parody and people pointed to the NHL and NFL. It's finally here this year in the NBA.
0: Uh, make sure you check out the Locked On NBA podcast. Uh, it's been going every day through the off season, but now from tomorrow, you'll be able to hear real life recaps and thoughts and opinions and probably hot takes of regular season basketball. So the Locked On NBA podcast, make sure you check it out wherever you get your podcast. Justin, before we wrap it up, what time, what's the timing of the, the shows? When are people hearing you for pregame this year? What's the situation?
1: Uh, same time. So Thursday, we have a 6.30 tip and uh, it'll be myself and Dave Kane at six o'clock central time getting, to, getting the season started in Philadelphia
0: beautiful make sure you listen to justin as well even if it's uh, just preparing yourself for uh, who knows maybe you're going out to a bar maybe you're going out to dinner who knows maybe you've got some good plans for opening night uh but catch justin there and make sure you catch us on this podcast tomorrow and every day uh through the regular season we get post game pods up if you're new to the show uh, make sure you subscribe on the audio or youtube platforms and we'll be back uh, tomorrow to talk some more bucks